All right, welcome to another episode of the Pleasantly Persistent Podcast here with Megan uh, and actually chatted with her husband and business partner several weeks ago. So Megan, welcome and uh, yeah, welcome. And yeah, if you want to just give a brief intro and then we can dive in. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm super pumped to be on this. Um, so like I, like you just said, my husband and I run a company together called No Baked Cookie Dough. So we make um, cookie dough that's meant to be eaten raw straight out of the jar. We are coming up on six years of that. So we started in early 2017 in Nashville, where we are based. And we actually originally started as um, scoop shops. So kind of like ice cream shops with our cookie dough where we scoop cookie dough, we make milkshakes, we make sundaes, all sorts of things, just cookie dough centric. And we just recently over the past two years branched into the CPG side of things. So um, that's kind of where our focus is now getting into retailers. And that's the feedback we've gotten back back from our customers over the years is they want to see us in their local grocery store. So we're working so hard what, on that right now. Yeah. So was it like, what was the process from scoop shops to like, when did the seed get planted and how long was the process to decide to launch into CPG? Yeah. So ironically, COVID was kind of the factor that um, fueled the pivot, which is what we call um what we've done over the past two years. So our scoop shops, obviously during COVID had to shut down, especially at the very beginning. It was, as you remember, just the standard restaurants had to shut down. And at that point we had multiple scoop shops open and they were the main source of revenue for the company. So Jimmy and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, what are we going to do? You know, we have multiple full-time staff members I was nine months pregnant at the time with our first baby. Um, it, it was our whole, our whole life, basically. And so we had had an online store already um, since the beginning of No Baked. That's actually how I originally launched it. But we had not put any focus into figuring out what we could sell online, you know, what that packaged product looked like and how we could actually distribute it to customers. So during COVID, we focused on pivoting to e-com, figuring out what our packaged jar would look like and seeing how customers in different regions actually received that product and liked it. And the feedback that we got from that was that they loved being able to receive it in the cities that they were in and they wanted to get it in the most convenient way possible, which at the end of the day is the grocery store, your local grocery store that you can just run up to and get a jar of cookie dough. So we spent that time um, kind of tweaking our packaged product into what it is today and figuring out how we were gonna manufacture it and go through the whole entire process of figuring out what that looked like. And um, COVID was the fueling factor. <laughs> so at this point, like, passion and focus of scoop shops for CPG like you shared it's way more CPG like is it like heavy is is there scoop shops just doing your thing and you're someone kind of managing all of those yeah so the scoop shops are a very important part of our business even today because we serve so many customers out of them we get so much valuable feedback from them 
that yeah. I think a lot of CPG companies, they don't have that ability to get oh, because right. they don't typically start out with something, you know, customer facing like that. So we have scoop shops who have a manager, the manager runs them for us. Jimmy and I are, you know, involved on a weekly basis, but we don't have to be in them on a daily basis, which allows us to focus on sales for the CPG side of things. Um, but those scoop shops have taught us how to market to people, how to connect with our specific customers. They've given us a ton of data and they've given us a lot of um, customer information like emails and phone numbers um, that we can market to now when we launch into major retailers, hopefully this year. Yeah. So we're, are you in local retail now where people can grab and bring home? Yeah, so we're in um, we're in multiple retailers now. Our biggest retail customer at the moment is actually DoorDash, which sh- uh-huh. sounds really strange, but they awesome. have a platform inside of the DoorDash app called Dashmart, which is like their version of a digital convenience store, basically. Mm-hmm. And they are our biggest success story so far with retail. Um, we you know, move an average of 10 jars a week with them, which is per location, um, which is really great for our category in any retailer. So we're in about um, 60 different locations of that. And then as far as grocery traditional, we're in Heinen's and Dave's in Northeast Ohio. And then we're in pretty much all of the independent retailers in Nashville, because that is our market. But our big focus right now is landing a major retailer like Kroger. Yeah, yeah, cool. So as we know, in LinkedIn world, it's usually people shining, sharing more like the shiny wins, you know, you're more uh, uh, real (laughs) about it. So tell me what's, what is more, I don't want to be too hyperbole with my words, but what's more like painful, excruciating, pull your freaking hair out, owning scoop shops or owning a, a, a restaurant or trying to launch into CPG? Yeah, I was just thinking about this um, this morning, actually, because we are having just one of those random issues that have come up with the CPG side of things. Um, You know, like one of our major retailers set up a pickup for a PO. Our co-packer says that it was picked up on this date, but the freight company says that they never got it. And so it's thousands thousands of dollars of product where we don't know where it is. We don't know what happened. We don't know who has it, but we have paid for the product and nobody is Mm -hmm. going to be paying us for it. So it's an interesting question. Um, Running restaurants and in the food service side of things and the dessert shops that we have has always been difficult in a lot of ways, but the problems that arise with that are much more easily solved because there's less hands involved. You know, it's like our food distributor who's selling us our product, our managers, us and our landlord, like those are the only people involved. And when we launched into CPG, there are just so many people involved in every step of the process, especially with huge distributors. Um, If you're using a co-packer, which we currently are, um, you know, communicating with the retailers, the buyers, everything. There's so many hands involved. I would say 
that the CPG industry has been much more difficult uh, to manage than our scoop shops have at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, has it changed at all? I'm sure people reach out to you to sell you. Now that you've been a seller and you're outreaching, have you have you grown a soft spot when people are like, hey, can we show you this <laughs> topping or this ingredient? Like instead of like, get out or however, or how did you handle it? And has it shifted at all where you're like, you should probably respond to this person if they, yeah. It has shifted for sure. And I've posted about this on LinkedIn. Um, I am a big fan of not wasting people's time. So even if I'm reaching out to like a retailer trying to sell my product, I always try to find the right person to contact. So, you know, the person who's actually handling our category. And if I can't find that person, I make sure to put at the very beginning of the email, please forward this on if this does not apply mm -hmm. to you or your job. Um, but if someone emails me trying to sell me something that's actually relevant to no baked or to the product, mm -hmm. I will respond to them now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about selling. So let's say you, you're, yeah. you know, you've reached out to the right person and they do not respond, yeah. which as we know, happens the majority of the time. What is your, what is your process? What is your tactic? How many days later are you pinging them again? Are you LinkedIn messaging, email, phone call? Yeah. So I typically do email. Um, mm -hmm. I, for the first outreach, will give it two weeks. If they haven't responded, I will follow up in two weeks. And then after that, if they don't respond, I will follow up every week for at least another kind of chance, especially, you know, if they're busier, if it's during a review, I don't know what the case may be, but I try to do gentle follow-ups, nothing too abrasive. Um, you know, offering samples saying, you know, let me know if this isn't the time or whatever the case may be, but I do follow up for sure. And that's actually also shaped my approach to people who email me. If it's something that I know I'm not interested in, I respond immediately and let them know totally. to avoid the follow-ups. Totally. And do you get, uh, do you mix, if it's third, fourth, fifth email or message, whatever it may be, and they're not responding, do you just mix it up? Like I tend to get a little sillier then. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I got nothing to lose. I'm just going to get silly and playful with this. Yeah. What do you do? You, or do you change the subject line? Do you, how do you mix it up? Um, I usually just try to stay consistent, honestly, but maybe I should try to be a little more interesting. Like, kind of like a big person. Uh, uh, well, I was, I was just like, it's like, can I please send you delicious samples? Like, like, <laughs> like smiley face or like, you know, I just like, I'm like, hey, I might as well just like mix it up. Like I have nothing to lose. Like, and sometimes I'll just, I'll change the subject line too. Like to try to like. That's a good idea. Some interest. Yeah. Yeah. And, I might, I might start trying to do that. And then if let's say I've, we've sent them samples and like, they're just like fully ghosting. And I sometimes, right. We all like, not all. But like so many people are people pleasers and they just don't want to be like, this isn't going to work out. Like I almost right. try to like now give people out like, hey, like if timing's if timing's not now or if it's not fit, like, please, please let me please let me know. I'd really appreciate it. Like so that's yes. different of like selling. But if I'm in it, I'm like, come on, just say no. Like, I, I don't I care. Like, I appreciate <laughs> if someone's like, it's not going to be a fit like now. Right. I'm like, thank you. Like, I appreciate that. Like, it's just exactly. like when you're just like you ask for samples, you were fired up, 
Like we had a meeting, like you owe me an answer. Like you owe me an answer. Give me a freaking answer. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's been a huge challenge. Just trying to get like the yes or no from people and making it clear that, you know, it's fine either way. I would just rather no. know. That's kind of how it, it, I've been approaching it. I, I, man, I've been really fired up the last couple of days of like manners, like people like have freaking yeah. like, right. I'm removing like, right. Like the spam email where it's like a robot, like reaching out. If a real human reaches out, like with yeah. any sort of authenticity, like, I'm just like, like I was all fired up the other day. Cause I'm like, please thank you. And, and, and show up on time, like as well. Like, right. I'm just like, Oh, for sure. Things, yeah. I, I, so anyway, yeah, it's interesting. Selling is, uh, selling's a thing. And are you guys, as far as selling, are you just like Googling to find people? Are you using any sort of platform? Yeah. Um, so we have actually had a ton of luck with LinkedIn. Um, yeah. Obviously, not a lot of buyers um, are listing their title on LinkedIn, probably because they don't want to be blown up. But we've been able to find people at major retailers who are focused on product innovation who then connect us with the correct buyer. Um, so besides that, we're also working with a couple of brokers as of this year which I think will help with a lot of the retailers that, you know, we just have no way of connecting with, but we've had a lot of luck with um, just kind of reaching out to people and saying, can you yeah. direct us to the person to talk to? Yeah. I, I like LinkedIn outreach yeah. more than email outreach nowadays, because first of all, they see your face, right? Like in the process yeah. of sales, you just want to like humanize it. You're like, real human over here who's friendly and yeah, just like exactly. trying to do my job and I really care. So like, <laughs> and I'm not, I know some people put their face on an email signature. I, I don't know. I'm not, it's just not in the yeah. I just don't do it. <laughs> so like the fact on like LinkedIn, you're just like real human. And then like they dig in, dig in, you're like, oh, they have some like personality, like, especially because like you have content and stuff. And so do I. So yeah, I like LinkedIn yeah. for outreach. And then I also have been into, if I reach out to a buyer on LinkedIn, and I, I see they're doing anything, I'll hit the bell, like the notification bell. Cause then I'm like, oh, if they have any content, I just like, I want to engage, like see what they're interested that's in. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And that shows them that you're actually, you know, involved yeah. and interested. And, and what's great. And I don't want to say I like just do that for like the sales game, even though let's be honest, that's <laughs> really <laughs> doing the sales game, but it's great too, because I got a couple of buyers who I have their notification on well, many who have their notification, but a few that are posting yeah. and like, even like these big buyers, like they do a post and they get almost no engagement bid. So it's so yeah. sweet to like read the article or whatever they say and like, like give a thoughtful response. I, 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 right. I love it. So yeah, that's great. That's something I yeah. should do too. <laughs> so how, how goes, um, how goes working with your husband? That is, it's a thing. It is a thing. Like how goes cut off yeah. into the evening or not? Like, have you guys had to set some boundaries and like so hard, or maybe it's awesome. I don't, I don't know. I forget exactly what Jimmy said, but he, he, maybe he just said it because we were on cord, but really shifted as a positive for your, for your marriage and the business. But give me, give me the dates, give me the dirt. Yeah. Um, so I think 
for our marriage, it has actually been a positive because we have been forced to communicate about all different types of things in all different types of ways because of No Baked. And we are two very different people when it comes to the business. And so um, we really balance each other out that way. And because we've had to butt heads on a lot of things, it has given us amazing communication skills, which we've been able to carry over to our marriage. So that has been a huge positive as far as kind of turning it off and setting boundaries. We have not been good at that at all. Like we are talking about no baked all the time. We will take our kids into the shops when we have to do things, you know, outside of working hours, like there's not really a boundary for us right now, but I think it's because we're so focused on you know, making no bake to success and kind of reaching the full potential. Um, we really only shut it off when we go on trips together, which we do pretty often. So that's kind of our escape from cool. the business. What, what, but most of the trip? time, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Talking about most it. of the time, there's not really that like shut off. Yeah, yeah. What's an ideal trip for you guys? What's what's an ideal vacation? Um, something adventurous. We like to go to new places. Um, we love the mountains. Uh, mm-hmm. So like we're going to Colorado for Valentine's Day. Um, we love going on hikes and seeing national parks. So yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> awesome. Cool. And then uh, fun question. Not that they haven't all been fun. Uh, so what, uh, what CPG brand, what, what beverage do you guys spend the most money on and what snack do you guys spend the most money on jimmy spends an unbelievable amount of money on kombucha and sparkling water like that is his drink uh, of choice for sure what are his brands (laughs) um for kombucha he loves walker brothers which is actually another nashville brand Mm -hmm. um for sparkling water he has been buying spindrift Mm-hmm. And he actually isn't drinking right now. So he's also been buying athletic, um, yeah, yeah, like the non-alcoholic athletics, the, beer. It's the best. Yeah, I'm also not drinking and I deeply love athletic and also kombucha. And yeah. Seltzers, um, yeah. I, I am like a, an avid coffee drinker. So I spend oh, yeah. most of my so time at local that. coffee shops. Um, yeah. Not really on packaged coffee, so... My answer for that is kind of boring, but as far as snacks, um, we try to support our friends in the CPG industry. So like we will have forage granola in our cabinet. Um, We'll have funky mellow for like an interesting dessert option. We love I want organics puffs um, and our kids Mm -hmm. love those too. So we try to seek out the, you know, kind of interesting CPG brands and keep those in our house. Yeah, cool. I love it. Well, great. And uh, to give you guys a, a plug, so on, on the web, well, both you guys on LinkedIn and, and the website to track down product, what's what's the best plug? The floor is yours. Yeah, so our website is nobaked.co. You can buy the product there and also see all of the retailers that we're in. We're also on Amazon, so a super easy purchase there. And then for following us, definitely check out our Instagram page. It's just at no baked and we're super active there posting a ton of content. So that's the best place. Cool. All right, Megan. Thank you very much. Thank you.